Yo, yo. Yo, yo. 2024. We are back. Hanging at the House Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Watt. Bittersweet episode 50 that we getting it cracking. This show is going to be a little bit different today. As y'all hear, the music is a little bit different. Well, it's a lot different. It's a completely different song than what we've been using previous to today. And that's because we are wrapping up. We are wrapping up this season. We are coming around to a new format for the podcast that I'll be announcing here soon on the next episode. That's going to be a little bit different. But on today's show, we got a good friend of mine, a budding musician, an aspiring producer, rapper, writer, engineer. This guy is putting in the work day in and day out just for the music, friends, the vibes, and everything else in between. I had the pleasure of being his professor at Xavier University for two different classes. We're going to get into a little bit of that. It is the one and only Aziz Exclamation Point is on the show today, ladies and gentlemen. I think we're going to have a good conversation. (laughs) We got my guy. What's up? How you, sir? I'm feeling great. How you feeling this Monday morning? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good this Monday morning. We we have been talking about this for a while, Mm -hmm. and we finally got around to it. Now, I gave a little introduction, but just like any other place that you may go when you're going to fill out a job application, you're going to get some government assistance, you're going to get some student loan information, the people want and need and ask for a background check, Mr. Aziz. Mm-hmm. Can we get that background check on you? Where you from? How you do what you do when you've been doing what you've been doing this whole time to where it led us up to today? Get it, let the people know what's going on out here in these streets. All right, basically, I'm a 21-year-old dude from Columbus, Ohio, you know? So started out with the music stuff. I was about maybe 16, 17. That's when I got my first keyboard. That's when I started using, like, those little cheap apps on, like, my broken, busted Windows Mac. I mean, no, my Windows laptop. And then from there, just kept it going, picked up guitar when I was about 18, But I've always loved music, and so I've always been writing raps and all of that stuff, and I've just been piecing together all of the different aspects of that, whether that's working on my own beat tapes and learning how to mix through that, learning how to produce beats, then learning how to put together the raps. Then, you know what I'm saying, taking a little class with, as you aforementioned, with yourself and being able to connect all that now for a full-length project. And so on this project, actually, Hotter Than The Sun, one, it's funny because I've been talking about dropping an album named Hotter Than the Sun since I was in seventh grade. It's been like a running thing in my high school and in my community back home. So this is kind of like a full circle moment. But two, produced uh, four out of the five songs. So made four out of the five beats myself, played all the instruments on them. And other than that, mixed, mastered everything myself, curated the artists myself, and they all feature myself. First of all, shout out Columbus. My my wife, by way of moving from Panama, uh, she, when her family landed in the States, they was in Columbus. So that's my tie to Columbus before we even met. Mm -hmm. And let's start with that. How did your upbringing at the time 
in Columbus influence your style of music? Because Columbus do got a button music scene. I mean, they got a fly music scene, seriously. Like, I wouldn't compare it to, like, Seattle, but it's really, really diverse up there. So you were probably exposed to a lot of different things musically in Columbus just because of the different scenes that's up there. Yeah, it's cool being in Columbus because, you know, of course we got, like, all the alternative and rock music going on. There's also like a really big reggae scene going on. I think that was the generation right before me. So my parents, um, really when my dad was coming to America, bringing all of that reggae and, you know, having a bunch of immigrants move to Columbus in general, we got a lot of Somalians, a lot of Nepalians, a lot of uh, other West Africans as well. So it's just really interesting seeing like those intersections and how they meet. And, you know, just, again, I was from a young age exposed to a lot of, different music just from the community and you have the budding rappers around the area so that's trippy red you know what i'm saying kid cuddy uh you know just rappers from ohio in general that are kind of revered in the area but then you also have like some of the roots reggae and some of like the music that the immigrants brought from their original countries and their culture bringing to america so it was really beautiful synthesis and i think you can definitely hear a little bit of that and i'm hoping just to showcase even more of that on the next project. But you can definitely hear my willingness to genre hop, you know, having Latin songs, having a drill song, and then having some R&B songs. And kind of like with the internet and how that's worked is, you know, we get everything. So, you know, people in Columbus be listening to drill music as much as, you know what I'm saying, we be listening to that Midwest sound as much as people be listening to the Southern Atlanta sound. So you really get every single part of hip hop too in there. Yeah, you people wouldn't think, you know, the cliche is almost like you would get that from a New York, you would get that from an Atlanta, you would get it from a Miami, or a few other cities that come to mind off top to where people migrate from different places and then they congregate into local communities in those cities. But you would not think that the Midwest is as diverse as it is by how many people come to these areas and how much exposure mm-hmm. that we get to each other. It's not just black and white people in the Midwest. It's a lot of white people in the Midwest, but mm-hmm. there's, <laughs> there's diversity, you know, in these different pockets, like the major cities of those. So the influence of the music and the technology that has came around since then, how was that molded what the sound is going to be next? Now that you got your first foray you got your first release right you got that first jump off into oh i have to do this stuff first what's the next stuff going to sound like for you is is it the evolution after you've come down to cincinnati and you've gotten through school some you got a community around you of other like-minded individuals music majors minors and so forth that's kind of helping you figure these things out through a collaborative process. What is that bringing you into next? I think so. It's kind of bringing me into a process where I do want to in turn go back to my roots. And also one thing I forgot to mention is also there's a big Latin American and Latin X community in Columbus as well. Hence a lot of that influenced me and her. And I kind of want to bring it into like, not just the influence of my friends and people who are growing up around me, but also the influence of my family kind of looking into, okay, like reggae songs and Afro beats and all of that stuff while also still bringing in 
some of the more traditional hip hop because I feel like this is very much so more contemporary sounds and contemporary hip hop. And so I'm really interested in looking at where I fall into history and how I could maybe be a bridge between the contemporary sound, but also like what has been the historical sound of Columbus, you know? Mm. Columbus does have a sound. I think Ohio does have a sound. And mm-hmm. Ohio sound started probably with like King Records, the most well-known, mm-hmm. you know, studio in the area, which is down the street from where I work and from where you go to school at. Like it's right down the street. So the history mm-hmm. of James Brown, of Parliament, of Bootsy. Zappa Roger. Yeah, Zappa Roger. I don't know if they recorded that, but I believe they would. It was a little bit. The time frame was a little different. If anybody knows, you can leave that in the comments of the show. If you know if Zapp and Roger mm-hmm. actually recorded at King Records, if they were still open at the time. But they were like the Motown of Ohio. Osley Brothers mm-hmm. came down to record there and so forth. So we're right in the hub. It's almost like being in the French Quarter or something down in New Orleans to where you can you know the history of the area so it gives you a certain pride of what you do within that genre or within that that market of whatever's going on in your music. And if we can get into what is it, who's exciting you right now? Who you listening to right now? I mean, besides your friends, you can shout out all your friends if you like. Oh, man. I'm, man, I'm never not listening to people. I'm always listening to Jay Busy. I'm listening to Jared Falls. Man, I'm listening to right now. I've been listening to Celia Cruz and Johnny Pacheco. That's like some Latin music. Right. I'm listening to Burna Boy. I'm listening to Jay Huss. I'm listening to Whitney Houston. It sounds like since you're diving more into guitar, you're feeling these other genres, and it's pulling you into things that are more guitar heavy than like synth and 808 and drum heavy. So you can study the music at the same time you're trying to make it, yeah? I definitely say, like, that's unintentionally became a thing, yeah. Like, I was listening to Diana Ross the other day, and I'm over here listening to, you know, like, that song, I'm coming out, and then I'm going to be analyzing the rhythm guitar and then learning how to play that. But I'm also just here doing that to discover new music as well, just, like, discover, like, a classic and see some hidden gems in that. So, yeah, it's really interesting. Um but you can definitely kind of tell like what I gravitate towards now and maybe like my genre biases and preferences just with the artists I listen to and maybe how I interpolate that into my own music. Yeah, that's I think like at the end of the day, studying and being able to regurgitate or understand what you study is important mm-hmm. into your personal development because we hear things differently. Each one of us, we can listen to the exact same song, but what your ears focus on is just as important as when you're watching a 4K, you know, Transformers movie, right? We're going to look at Optimus Prime transform, but we're going to be looking at different things, lights and twinkles and mechanisms and so forth hit us differently. And the same thing with the ear candy from the music that we listen to. It'll be like, I'm focusing on background vocals that are coming out the left speaker for the time being. 
that the stuff once it jumps out at me the first time, then after that, it's kind of something I'm either listening for or I'm just attuned to. And it doesn't mean everybody else is. So when you're, as they say, stealing like an artist, what is something that you feel is mm-hmm. important to people to pay attention to rhythmically in the music? Mm. Rhythmically? Yeah. I, I would say probably um, all the percussive noise and how that really impacts like the groove of the song and really how the impact, how the song is going to feel, you know, because you could have the same harmonic type of song and the same singer singing the same song, but just depending on like, what drum someone uses or whether it's a live drum or, or a drum machine, that's going to change the entire feel to go from dance music to a ballad real quick, you know? And that's kind of like what I gravitate towards and my own music is trying to figure out how to emulate the sounds of live drummers without having any talent in doing that myself, you know? I am proficient in guitar and know a little bit of piano and so I can pretty easily pick up what I'm hearing, but sometimes it's kind of difficult with the instrument you don't play to really try to emulate the functionality of it. So what do you think that is your superpower right now? And not necessarily overcoming that because it's not something you're going to overcome, but adapting to it to make it work for what you want. What are, what are some of the tools, tricks of the trade? You want to give a little sauce to the people? Man, I would just... Honestly, like, I know everyone says it, but music theory really did help me in this journey a lot. Like, it helped me fundamentally understand why a song works and where to place yourself in a song. And so kind of understanding things like chord changes and the general structure of a song can help you understand how to replicate that and how to make that an efficient and effective song that sticks in people's heads that's going to be an anthem. And with that, with knowing song structure comes knowing if I'm going to use the drum example, okay, should I use a ride in the chorus because that adds a little bit of variety and that gives it a feeling of intensity. And then during the verse, we just use the normal hi-hat kick and snare. Do we want to use a snap in verse two when we start off the verse and they come back to the snare midway through the verse? You know, and so I would just also say, Again, listening, listening, listening to music. I find it funny when musicians don't actually listen to music and they're so caught up in their own music because you cannot, you're going to plateau at a certain point. There's so much knowledge to learn from other musicians and there's so many stories to learn through the music of other people. I can't imagine being in this field and not actively being obsessed with learning more about music. Well, I can, I can attest and speak to that, right? When... A lot of people making music nowadays are in a vacuum and you're by yourself. You have the unique experience of being in college with music and there's automatically three people that you can gravitate to to bounce ideas off of and it doesn't turn into an echo chamber of just your voice. So people feel like if I consume too much other music from other individuals that is going to make me sound like them. When it's contrary to the case, they just haven't tried. It's just like the music theory aspect. Uh, I don't need music theory to make music. You're absolutely right. You don't. But how many songs can you make that don't sound identical to each other that you can pull out what inspired you or influenced you from different genres and styles of music? If you don't have a theory in any form of fashion, even if you go to YouTube University and you learn it yourself, we're not saying 
You got to uh-huh. go to university for it. You got to go to college for it. He's just going to take it to the next level. There's no way that you can do the next level if you don't indulge and study the craft. You you can't just guess uh-huh. your way through it. Now, that'll get you, in my opinion, this is purely my opinion. This is just me saying this. Hasn't been endorsed by anybody else. Hasn't been sponsored by anybody else. You can get two years off of luck. What do you do past two years? And how fast does two years go by? It's only so long uh-huh. that you can ride on a hot single or a wave before people are asking for what the next thing is. And either you can copycat the first thing you did and hope for that luck again, which you probably won't find. But if you don't, where are you drawing from to get that different next quote-unquote viral hit to follow up what you did the first time and you don't end up a one-hit wonder or a viral sensation that's never done anything again? You you should start on a foundation of something other than, what do they call that, sand? That shifts every time the waves come in, sand keeps changing. If you build it on concrete, uh, you know, there's a there's a different format or formula to it. Mm-hmm. What did you get? And really looking into how solid your foundation is. Yeah, yeah. That speaks to, you know, and how how can you build your foundation? You gotta start with a foundation, and then as your career moves on, you should be building mm-hmm. on that foundation and stuff that's on top of it to stay adaptable to change. But your foundation is so strong, it's rooted in, oh, I can do anything with a matter of time. That's the only other thing. It's like it's time and dedication to whatever it is that you're doing. Uh-huh. If you had to rate music theory on your journey to making music and being the artist and composer and all these other things that you do now, if you had to rate music theory on that, where does it fit on the list? For two things, for you personally, right? And the second thing, professionally. I would say in terms of both, it would be about a nine. Because in my own personal life, right, when I'm learning songs just to learn them and just to practice the craft, right, having that music theory and foundation helps me better with my ear training. And being able to have some formal method of ear training and recognizing, oh, this is what our tonic chord sounds like. This is what a cadence sounds like. This is a five to one. I hear a five chord being played and a one chord being played. Now I can instantly pick that up on my instrument and kind of outline that in a melody or in embellishing the chords. And that really helps me pick up a song after listening to it for maybe a minute and a half. I can usually pick up most of the chord changes and most of what's happening. Right. And then from there, I can be a valuable member of a band I'm working in or just being a valuable producer in learning how to fully embellish a song. If I had the fundamentals, the harmony, I can now add melody to that, so on and so forth. And that kind of goes into the professionalism. Let's say I'm in a band, you might not always have sheet music. And it might be a real simple song. It could be a blues song. I know if it's in a blues song, I'm likely going to have three chords and I can really guess when they're going to be played. From there, <laughs> if I hear just 12 bars, to our bar then blues, I can turn baby. around come in with the guitar solo, just like that. And so that means like I'm really working professionally in just having this ear training and having this discipline in this rigid, not this rigid method, but definitely this formal practice helps me understand how I can see myself best fit in a professional environment. When it comes to making songs and composing for other people, 
if I'm on a time crunch, I might not have time to write the most beautiful grand song of all time, but I can start with ideas and I can start with the basic, how should a musical composition sound in this genre I'm being asked to compose for. You know, yeah. if I need to do some classical work, I know I'm probably going to need a cadence. If I need to do some hip hop stuff, I know I'm probably going to want an 808. I think that speaks to having an understanding that having this information at your disposal for you creates a lane for another stream of revenue. And you're not just stuck with selling one genre of music or producing one genre of music or X amount of beats. Like having this information creates, it increases your draft stock to the point to where you're flexible and you can do more things. So kind of to add on to that, I feel like, yeah, anyone could be Fetty Wap, but where is he now? You know? Looking yeah. at his career 10 years later, he had three songs. He was the hottest artist when I was like 11. But what does that mean now? And some people are okay with that. Some people, that is all that they want. They just want the get-rich-quick scheme. But I think I'm really in this for the long run. And I always tell people this. I want a Grammy out of this. I always tell people this. I want my music to be in a movie out of it. I want to work on a soundtrack, you know? I want to have an original soundtrack with my legal name on it, you know what I'm saying? And to really know, like, okay, I've had a versatile career and I've always been able to use my gifts and just interest in music to impact people's lives emotionally, to have that music there when they need a little boost of energy, when they need someone to tell them, hey, this too shall pass. I see myself poised as that figurehead. And so kind of when you see yourself up there with some of the greatest people that you aspire to be, what else can I do? If I, if I see myself working in the same field as a Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar is my competition. Facts. You know, and he might not necessarily be my competition as in like, are we doing a battle rap together? But he is like, at the end of the day, I am looking at it like we share the same same aspirations. Yeah, not only that, but not only do Kendrick and I share the same aspirations, but we share the same market. You know, we occupy Definitely the same do. space. Yeah. Especially in like contemporary hip hop. Or for example, Tyler and I, we probably have the exact same demographic, you know? So mm. uh, there's a demographic that's already on this one person. How, not to say how am I going to usurp that, but how am I going to insert myself into that and say, hey, I see you like this. Here's what I have to provide with a spin. And I don't know, that's kind of like where I see myself. I see myself with anthems or bands that are saying back every single word of a song I'm writing. I see myself writing a song and I'm like, all right, people are going to be able to chant that back to me, you know, and really understanding crowd engagement as well and crowd interactivity. I think that's really important to understand right now, being a good performer. Speaking of performing, we're going to segue into that. We're going to check out how Aziz does what he does, that's Aziz exclamation point, A-Z-Z-I-Z exclamation point. But we about to check out this song. We about to play Mr. DJ. That's number five on the project that just released, correct, sir? Yes, sir. Hey, man, this one's for the DJs, the producers. Oh, y'all, I forgot to mention I be DJing too. But yeah, this one is just for all the DJs, producers, you know what I'm saying? Just people who get other people lit. This is a song for us to get lit to, you know what I'm saying? And again, it's one of those where it's like, you could really, I could really go into it. Any crowd introduce the song, and they probably gonna sing the hook back to me. 
That's the goal. Let's see y'all sing the hook back to us. We'll be right back. This is Mr. DJ Baziz. Let's get it. Hey, Mr. DJ. Hey. Let's get the song on the replay. I really like that you running them tracks like a relay. Hey, Mr. DJ. Hey. Let's get that song on the replay, swerving the whip, then I give it the cream, eh? Hey, Mr. DJ. Hey. I peep you cutting a lot, they sleeping on me with a cot. Now we up on the top. Hey, Mr. DJ. Hey. Keeping it brief, crank the case, hit the box. Blowing the heater, I'm keeping it hot. Ha, they say I'm a Uda. Pull up with a schooler, blowing out the bass like a tuba. Pull up with the ace and a ruler. Pull up with the mace, leave him drooling. Put him on a chase, how he loaded it? Not like the bank, and shit ain't you safe. Come with that fire, they chef in the safe. Rosemary, the folks carry. Not like Jim, green like Grinch. Lies on lies, Truman Show, that's how it is. I do all this shit for the kids, I love in the bits. That's my reason for music. Remember the time when I was just nine. Raising my brothers and clueless. Feeling is easily ruthless. Always on E, I does it. Down to the paint, I brush it. She taking me diesel, I love it. Never in sync, I dub it. Shout out JT, I mirror. The vision is seemingly clearer. Up on my back for the clearance. Four o'clock in the morning. Getting no sleep, thinking about you. I know you thinking about me. Four o'clock in the morning, getting no sleep, thinking about you. I know you thinking about me. Hey, Mr. DJ. Hey. Let's get the song on the replay. I really like that you running them tracks like a relay. Hey, Mr. DJ. Hey. Let's get the song on the replay. Swerving the whip, then I get to the cream. Hey. Asking what he play, making a shake in a relay. Planning a replay, sweet as some sugar. That girl's a toothache. Got me a toothache, got me a boo thing. That is the truth, eh? You know I'm too choosy, too hot for the cooling. You know I'm too good for the Gucci. Feeling like T Pay, you know why? Cause boy, I'm out of the bar. I swear, I need me a tender. We talking about backs, no avatar. I swear, I need me a bender. We talk about a Futurama. Hey, please give me a bender. Just saying, weekdays, you know where I'm staying. Babe, I'm not even playing. We too old, we fucking not dating. Hey, Mr. DJ. Hey. Let's get the song on the replay. I really like that you running them tracks like a relay. Hey, Mr. DJ. Hey. Let's get the song on the replay. Swerving the whip, then I get to the cream. Hey, Mr. DJ. Hey. I keep you cutting a lot. They sleeping on me with a cot. Now we up on the top. Hey, Mr. DJ. Hey. Keeping a brief, crank the case, hit the box, blowing the heat up, keeping it hot. back this is hanging at the house podcast i'm your host mr y we are chilling with aziz today we just heard hey, mr. Joint, dj mr. DJ. Hey. hey mr dj That's, hey it's a banger it's a, it's a, it's one for the people come on now so let's talk about the it's, it's one for the dj you know what I'm, saying? I'm saying the dj's gotta be spinning now come on now this is that's your song now hey uh, you and the, the DJs be playing the songs for the ladies, but that's your song, DJ. If you are a DJ, professionally, part-time, intermittently, faking, if you're using any of that software, you got hardware, anything, them turntables, add that song to your playlist. It's directly that's talking to you. you. And search your name in the spaces on the track. And Aziza show you some love with that. 
I'm pretty sure you would. Hit Come him on up. Now. Let put a, a video out. Go on and make a TikTok where you're spinning that track. Send it to him and he'll share it out to all his people. We might need like a Hey Mr. DJ challenge, you know what I'm saying? We gotta see like who can cut up best on that song, you know what I'm saying? Ooh. Okay, we gotta... I mean I keep you cutting a lot, sleeping on us with a cot. Now we up on the top. Bars. Z's. Uh you yes, you sir. got into what inspired you to make the song a little bit. Let's do a deep dive. Let's peel that, let's peel that lettuce off the top of the lettuce wrap. What's inside of there? Oh, man. All right, so there's two layers, right? Because there's obviously vocally and kind of writing, but then there's also instrumental choice and style why I chose to make right, a drill right. beat that becomes a Jersey beat that comes back that has a sample. Why I chose to do all that? Which one do you want to talk about first? I mean, it's up to you, brother. All right, I mean, we can pretty much get into the production style. So production, you know what I'm saying? I've always liked New York music and i feel like even though i'm from columbus i definitely had that new york kind of edge to me like that kind of feeling of this worldwide panoramic view of the world and kind of seeing like all aspects of it rather than kind of like where most local people are kind of really focusing and boxing on one particular thing i'm expansive i'm thinking about everything that could ever will should be you know <laughs> and so with looking at that i was like all right i want to make a drill beat I've been kind of making a few drill beats, and I was like, all right, I'll pick another one. I was talking to this artist on campus, right? And I was trying to invite her over to the studio. She was a singer. I was like, hey, maybe you should rap with me. You know what I'm saying? I'd be doing that. She's like, oh, I don't do that. But, you know, I like some, like, Ice Spice music. So I was like, you know, I'll make an Ice Spice type beat. Then, you know what I'm saying? Something that's a real simplistic, but at the same time catchy. And so for this song, I think what's interesting is kind of how I bring in and take out elements, you know? having the vocal sample during the second hook or bringing in the percussion in and out and having the different slides during the verses. That's what makes it a little more fun to listen to. It's not the same four bar loop the whole time. Right. So in terms of looking at that, I pretty much did my whole process of making a beat, you know what I'm saying? And then at the same time, it's a three minute song. Found all the sounds that I like. People not making three minute songs anymore. So you're made, you made a three minute song that develops over time and ebbs and flows in and out of different things, which is wonderful. See, this is what we can get into for young people who are making these really short songs. You're not stuck to this one minute and 45 seconds. Develop those ideas. Get something over two and a half minutes, unless you're doing sync. If you're doing sync, you want to stay around two minutes, two and a half, something like that. I just thought that mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I first look at now before I even press play on a song is how long is it because of how dynamic it is. Everything on your project is right around three minutes or longer. Love and respect for that because you're diving into things and you're giving them space to develop so you can enjoy it over a longer period of time rather than these two-minute songs where they got one verse and one hook and you're bringing it back out. And I think, personally, that you do want things like that for the people to be able to chant over and over again without having to keep pressing replay to start it over again because they may run into something else in the meantime. It was just kind of crazy, you know? Like, I did this song live uh, maybe three days ago. It was this past Friday um, at an open mic. And it was crazy. I did a song once. Someone's like, do it again. Run it back. I'm like, 
right, so I think about it, and I run it back at the very end. Totally different energy, almost more energy. Second time, mm. y'all already heard this song in full. Y'all already heard this three minute song in full, and y'all still <laughs> get hyped for it. It's a beautiful feeling, man. And it's just to say, it's nothing. I like think it. sometimes I do understand the process of having a two minute, thirty second song in life, especially like if you're not divvying it up. Which to say, not every rapper's producer, and not every producer is really thinking about a full length song. You know, some producers are great at coming up with melodies and some producers are just great at coming up with percussive lines, right? Right. But if you're really orchestrating this, right, you're really seeing this as a full, I don't know. I call it an experience. A full story, maybe. Right? It's a full experience. Yeah, you want to kind of expound upon that. You kind of want to build upon that. You want to take up things, you know, mess with people's expectations, bring it right back, have them be like, okay, I really know what's happening now. We changed it up. I went on this whole journey and I'm still in a familiar place, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. And for me with this song, it's very clearly like you can visualize the different parts of it. You know what I'm saying? When it yeah. comes to working with music videos now, now we can really have a lot of fun and get conceptual with it. Yeah, no doubt. And that that leads us right through the verses and how you develop those. You keep them exciting, especially doing it live twice during the same performance, can you talk on, you took my rap class, one of the few people yes, that has this far. Can we talk about if and when that class of writing lyrics has influenced the music that you've made since or how your process goes since? I think it's taught me a lot about kind of looking at the theory that I knew and looking at the fundamentals that I knew and putting it into practice, right? So to say, I knew how a song should be structured. You should probably have a hook. You should probably have a verse. Maybe you can have a pre-chorus. Maybe you can have a bridge. You can do all that fun stuff. But looking at, you should probably at least have a hook and a verse if this is not just a freestyle type of rap song, right? If I'm looking at rap pop and that kind of intersection, what do I need for it to be successful? So looking at that, I wanted a real simple part, but also I wanted to divvy it up with the rapping, right? And so the flows are real nimble. And that's something I kind of learned from your class was how can I effectively go quickly without stumbling over myself? How can I say what I need to say without saying too much and without in using too many words, tripping over my own toes? You know, I've noticed mm-hmm. that with some of my peers actually is like sometimes, you know what I'm saying? You might have a lot to say, you can kind of stumble over that. And now you're messing up the flow. If you mess up the flow, you messed up the song. Because mm. the rhythm is more important than anything else. Because we're back to the rhythmic can, aspect of the song. Your voice is also, as a rapper, as a vocalist, you are a part, you become a part of the rhythm. And so looking at that, if I have this consistent rhythm, right? Or like that kind of thing. Then what you also taught me was inflection, you know? And so you can hear, let's get that song on the replay. I really like that you run them tracks like a relay. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of hear in the verse, you know, I'm putting on different voices. Lies on lies, green light, green. I do all this shit for the kids. I love the bitch. That is my reason for music. I'm going from like this really gruff voice to me doing a singing melody. All this on E, I does it. Down the paint, I brush it. And they never think I dub it. And, you know what I'm saying? So I'm really being exaggerated and cartoony because I, you know, I'm 
I am a character. I'm a character in my own personal life. If yes, I you like are. I'm going to just let that show <laughs> through my music. I'm a character. Simple as that. Yes, I'm eccentric. I'm a silly person. And so I feel like one thing I don't want to do is put out a song that's boring. At least with a bad song, it might be a little funny mm. to listen to. But if I'm just putting out a boring song, who's going to come back and listen to that? And then with that, so, your voice being an instrument, your voice being a trumpet, a saxophone, uh, vibraphone, some roads or keys or lead over the top, you do want to have that develop. And I feel like younger vocalists, especially rap artists, especially hip-hop artists, feel like if I use my voice in that way, it takes away from how serious I take this. But it does the exact opposite. It makes you monotone. It makes you, you're boring over the beat if everything sounds exactly the same, auto-tuned or not. But how you play with your voice since then, I can see those things developing you to where you're like, it makes you feel more free in what you're saying and how you're saying it and keeps you true to yourself because most people are like that. Most people are animated when they have conversations and when they talk, which is why the way that they are on TikTok or the way that they are on Instagram, the way they are in, in their little short videos, you hear their music and it's something different. But if you make it consistent across the board and you're animated either way, you always give people something new and fresh to look forward to. I thoroughly enjoyed that about your rap style in this project that just came out. And I love the name for the label, Black Kids Fly. That's super dope. Man, with Black Kids Fly, I've been having that concept since technically established 2021. So just kind of having this idea of when I do have a record label, what I want to be dedicated towards, and what is my mission statement. But the Black Kids Fly, you know, let them find their wings. I mean, it's a pretty simple mission statement, Dang. but at the same time, one, I kind of like the visual metaphor of birds that has symbolisms of freedom, symbolisms of hope and whatnot. You kind of see that in just contemporary American and African-American literature. <clears throat> but see, we're also emphasizing this is for the black kids, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> facts. It's just my and demographic. No shade to nobody kids, else. You know? It's just what I, what I identify with, what I resonate with is the important part of that name. And it's something that resonates with me, and I'm all for it as well. Aziz, get the people your plugs, man. Show, do your shout-outs and all that good stuff. Let's go on and get that popping. Man, Instagram, your boy Aziz. Um, any other platforms, it's usually your boy Aziz, right? I don't be on TikTok. I'll probably start that up soon. It's your boy Aziz on that. Uh, produced by your boy Aziz. Most of the songs, most of my songs I have put out on streaming platforms, wherever you find the Apple Music, Spotify, et cetera, for the people using Amazon Music or Pandora, Aziz with an exclamation point. That's A-Z-Z-I-Z. You want to hit me up or work? Uh, you could you could DM me, and then from there, I'll give you my email. Yeah, that's yeah, what's Yeah, you up. could DM me on that platform. From there, we can work. But just know um, I'm interested in making all types of beats, unless you're really into some weird bluegrass, experimental, neon. He said, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I'm... We'll I try, can't do but I'm not there. No, I can do most things. You know, you need a session guitarist. You need <laughs> someone who can play some piano chords. You need someone who can come up with a melody pretty quickly. No doubt. I got you. You got you any shout outs? Music video idea. I got you. Any shout outs? Any shout outs? Man, shout out Xavier. Shout out Mr. Watt. 
Shout out Vision House Studios. Thank you, thank you. Shout out the Hip Hop Collective and our album, Volume One, titled underneath Xavier HHC, in which you can find me on four songs and producing about seven songs. But that's another story. You can find all of us in Cincinnati or in Columbus right now. You can find all of us performing to an area close by you. That's what's up. That's what's up. I'm talking That's about me, Everlasting E, Jay Busy, Jamiria Evan, Alonzo, and Salad with Sauce. Hotter than the sun. Hotter than the sun. It's out right now. Go check it out on all the platforms. Add it to your playlist. Share it with your people. Buy a physical copy for your grandma. Okay? Come on so, now. So she can ride to church on Sunday. Bang us to Mr. DJ. Mm-hmm. This has been episode 50 of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Hanging at the house podcast, Mr. Wide. Episode 50. New content coming soon. Hanging out with your boy Aziz. Mm-hmm. Representing good music. Mm-hmm. Representing good musicians. The craft. Building. We're going to catch y'all on the next episode. It's going to look really different. We're going to add some subscriptions. There's going to be some other things that are coming about for 2024 and beyond. And we'll get at y'all next time around, all right? Y'all be easy. Enjoy. Y'all know how to get at me. VisionHouseStudios.com. We're going to see y'all. Aziz, my guy. Yes, sir. I can't wait to see what you do in the future, man. Thank you. Again, thank you for being a part of the journey. You know, I did learn a whole lot. And I'm just, I just try to be the best student I can. Appreciate it. All right, y'all. One, we out. Peace.